Hi everyone, Raphael Harry here, and you're listening to White Label American, a podcast where we hear stories from an immigrant or two, sometimes more. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to White Label American. Thank you all for joining us today. 2022, keep rocking. And hey, if you haven't subscribed to www.whitelabelamerican.com, please go there, subscribe, catch up on old episodes, new episodes. Um, if you want to leave us a donation, you can buy us coffee or you can join Patreon and become, you know, uh, a, a full-time loyalist, you know, and there's benefits to doing either or, you know, so... Um, yeah, you can go. Well, our merch store has added more stuff. So you got T-shirts, hoodies, mugs, stickers, presents for your loved ones. You know, if you have a secret family, don't leave them out of it. Get them some presents too, you know. Hook everybody up. So we show love to everybody. So we're not judging here. But um, yeah, but yeah, man, do, do the needful. Don't, don't say I'm the one that told you to go get a secret family. No, I'm, I'm going to deny that. Play the fifth. So with that being said, I am so happy to introduce today's guest. He's an artist, an illustrator, a digital content creator. Um, he's part of the Tokyo Bronx ACG team. He's also into comics like myself, but this guy is more legit than myself because <laughs> he can actually make comics happen for you. So hey. he's someone I would highly recommend that you reach out to and you know he can he can make you look, he can put you in a comic book. I'll, I'll say that. So... Yes, I have the honor of having Sean Hill join us today. How are you doing today, brother? I'm doing well. Thank you for all those praises there. And yes, I will make you into a comic book if you like to. If not, that's cool. You could just reach out and say hello. I like that as well. How are you doing? <laughs> Thank you for having me on your show. Hey, my pleasure. My pleasure. And shout out to Ian Dorian for the introduction. Ian Dorian, that's, who made that's it the possible. guy. And uh, yeah, he's also a listener. And, uh, I'm happy to have him. That's yes. a fan. And, and thank you again, Ian, for your and, and the crew over there for your time and letting me interview you. I, I just got to give him thank oh, you. Oh, yes, the yes. crew at PKMM Entertainment. Last yes. week's episode, well, not last week's episode, um, episode 106, mm-hmm. I mistakenly said PKKM instead of PKMM. So PKMM yeah. Entertainment. Entertainment. So, yeah, make sure you check them out. And that reminds me, I forgot to mention my recommendation before kicking off the the episode and you know i've heard of this show for a long time mm-hmm. i haven't watched it but everyone who's watched it or who's watching it always says something positive about it and it's hilarious mm-hmm. i finally got access to hbo max thanks mm-hmm. to another listener and good friend of mine and man i said let me check out carb your enthusiasm yo I said, let me check it out. Larry David, goodness, that guy. Oh, this is, <laughs> are you a Seinfeld fan? I, I, honestly, I never really watched Seinfeld because oh. we didn't get Seinfeld back in Nigeria that much. It, was, it wasn't, uh, we yeah. got it, but it wasn't um, consistent. Right, this, right, where, right. Where I lived. So yeah. it's either you could get it today, you could get it in two weeks' time or one month's time. So it wasn't something that I got into. You understand? Yeah. But it was... Uh, so I never really knew who Larry David was. Maybe, maybe I'd seen him in movies or stuff, yeah, yeah, but I yeah. never took, I, I, I don't know, I never took 
him as somebody I should be looking out for. But I always heard about this show. Even when I had HBO access yeah. for a while while I was mm-hmm. living in Texas and after I moved to New York. And I was like, why would I watch this show? I don't know. I don't, I, I don't I, want to, but from the first episode. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, it's a great show. It I, is. I, 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 it I'm is. glad that you discovered it. Like, Ooh. me and my friends, we, we love it. We'll talk about it. Uh, the brilliance of the show is that everything is improv. That, that's what I heard. Everything is improv. Like, that they, is what I heard. And it's I'm, a light script. It's like, okay, like, we're in the room. We're talking. We'll walk outside. Like, the... That's it. It's wow. story beat. It's just like uh, uh, everything that, that, is improv. That show is it's, it's madly underrated now, in my opinion, <laughs> because I'm like, yes, a few people around me had always talked about it, but I was like, you, you all did not talk about it enough to make me say, I have to go check this out. But I'm glad I did. Have you seen the sneaker, uh, the sneaker twenty episode? Nah, dude, I'm still on season one. Oh I'm my on god, season Wait, one. I, I don't <laughs> I'm know, still like far away. I know it's on ten episodes, ten. Uh, sorry, ten seasons. It's one of now. those shows that you had a binge really fast. Oh yeah, though. That, that's yeah. what I'm doing because I, I, I was like, it was gonna be playing in the background, mm-hmm. and I just like, wait a minute, this is. <laughs> It's, it's hilarious. <laughs> I can't really do what I'm doing. I just I have to watch because oh. I was like, let it play, and then I was just walking. Oh. And then I was like, wait, I gotta watch this because this dude can he he he. All right, he all right. I, I gotta I gotta see this man. <laughs> one of my stuff. one of my best. Uh, the reason I brought up that episode is because it's one of my favorite. It's just, um, do you mind if I tell you something? I, I don't like ruining anything for people. Oh yeah, so, yeah go, so, ahead, so, go ahead. Okay, so, so. The sticker twenty episode is this guy owes Larry twenty bucks, and he catches him jogging down the street. He's like, "Hey man, where's that uh, money you owe me?" So he goes into his sneaker because he doesn't keep his money on oh. him while he's jogging, <laughs> and he pulls out this like twenty dollar bill oh, man. out of his sneaker, and Larry's like, "I don't want that." And so it's this whole like. Like, yeah, you, is this I, whole like I, I exchange for this like no. sweaty twenty dollar <laughs> bill that he owes, and it's just Larry trying to pawn it off on people. Like, so he's like, he's like trying to. Pay. <laughs> it's such a you good see, episode. That, that, that's what uh, I'm talking about. You, you gotta oh. watch this show. You. Oh, you go. You, you you can't be sad watching the show. <laughs> oh, dude. Except you don't like that type of comedy. Okay, I get it, but. Oh. He's such a Honestly. bad person, yeah. but he's just like lovable. <laughs> and I, like, I, I think the the show that does that for me as well is uh, Always Sunny. Oh yeah, I, I haven't watched that in a long, long oh, time. But they're so horrible. But you just can't stop <laughs> loving them. Like, you just want to see what's the next horrible thing they do. Oh uh, man, that's it. Yeah. But I'm glad that's a, that's a good recommendation. It is. I, it I recommend is. you. Uh, yeah. I co-signed this. I know this is my first time on this podcast. But hey, I first of many. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't wait to come back. This is exciting. I'm loving your space here. All right. So before we dive into you properly, yes. um, I'd like to give a shout out to the team that you're part of, mm-hmm. Tokyo Bronx ACG. Yeah, so for you. those who aren't familiar with that, what's, uh, can you tell, tell us a okay. little bit about it? So Tokyo Bronx ACG came together as an idea of we are like anime, comic book, manga fans and and what it is is like there's a bustling community of like anime do i call them nerds i don't whatever uh, enthusiasts there we yeah. go let's use this word uh, everybody's uh, a nerd uh, yeah yeah we're all nerds yeah but the bronx is having this really great 
anime scene, like we love it. Like right now, if you if people don't know this, uh, comic books are actually down in America, and manga anime is up. So the younger kids are more into anime and manga instead of comic books, like most of our generation, like all yeah. our like Gen Xers and millennials mm-hmm. are comic book guys. Or you, if you are a millennial, you're in between. You yes. kind of love comic books and you still read manga too, right? But all the younger kids are into manga and anime. So we we have a love for it. Uh, shout out to uh, Rosa and Gary and the whole crew out there. And... Uh, like Rosa, she's into cosplay. She's really into the Tokyo lifestyle. She she hosts uh conventions, so she does the whole anime convention scene. Yeah. Uh, she also ran a couple of interview shows over there on Tokyo Bros ACG. She actually manages our our uh, Instagram page, oh, and lovely. the YouTube channel that we yeah. just uh, opened up recently. Mm-hmm. So we're doing a lot of stuff there. We're trying to show like we love anime. We uh. We do a lot of different communities things as well. We just did. She just did a uh, a cosplay. Uh, I'm trying to find the correct words. A cosplay like training course where it's more like teaching people how to make their costumes. Oh, I should have attended that. Yeah, I don't know. So, if I'll be, so if we're I have part the patience of, to do it, but I should have. <laughs> who would you cosplay? Oh, uh, I, 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 I keep it simple and easy, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Halloween was the, this last Halloween was the first time I ever attempted something seriously. Nice. And I got a three D printout for Lady Loki's helmet, and mm. the rest I didn't need to. I just had it in my wardrobe: green tie, nice, shirt. nice. <laughs> and then I I wore the same tie. I, I wore it twice for two days because I took my daughter to an event, and mm. um, so the first day I wore green pants, and then the mm. next day I wore um, orange pants. And I got compliments from from kids on both days. Like, oh, you're a nice looking Loki. Yeah, like, well, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It's it's a <laughs> it's a growing thing. Like like people are having cosplay channels, all this different stuff. So we just want to be a part of it. Yeah. So we, right now we're just trying to grow it as much as possible. Um, you know, a lot of people kind of have this idea that anime is this new thing or manga is a new thing, it's young people thing. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the old heads were really into it as well. A That's lot right. of comic book guys too. So, mm-hmm. you know, we grew up on like um, Gigantor, Astro Boy. You know, you were really Akira. into um, Japanese anime back yeah. in the day. So it's just us showing our love for it and especially being from the Bronx as well. And, you know, we, we're just trying to build community as, as much as possible. So what I do at Tokyo Bronx is I host a show called The Chat, where I try to interview creatives and also the people that give them those creative platforms in the Bronx mm. so that people will know where to go, where to share. Um, I interview artists. I interview business owners, organization owners, uh, even musicians. So I just wanted to show and highlight the beauty that is the Bronx how many creative people are out there, you know, and also show that maybe what you're thinking is of doing, you know, a lot of us, we kind of don't play what we're doing. We're like, oh, that's stupid. It's dumb. Or you listen to outside forces. Um, hey, somebody's doing what you want to do. Yeah. Maybe this is a way of um, maybe being inspired. You don't have to do it exactly that way. True. But here's some inspiration for you. So that was my goal there. And the team is amazing. Um yeah, we're just out there trying to get a lot of stuff done and highlighting the community as much as possible. Lovely. And I've seen some of your work. And oh, um, I've 
been fortunate enough to attend uh, attended the panel. I can't recall what panel was at Comic Con, and yes. you were on camera duty. Yeah. And uh, was that Gary that was speaking? It was Ed. So Ed, Ed is okay. the other part of uh, Tokyo Bronx. Yeah. Um, he he's uh, yeah, he's he's the glue that holds this together, man. Uh, he's a Shout teacher. Out Ed. Shout out to Ed. Yeah. He's a teacher. Yes, uh, yes, yeah, I he's an educator, yeah. and uh, both Gary and Ed are educators. So um, they, hmm, I'm trying to find the right words. I like to, to say. So Ed is a big art, like he's into comic books, he's into manga, he's into everything that Tokyo Bronx represents. So when we shoot the the shot the panel, um. We're just trying to let people know, like, hmm. we're trying to let people know, like, the things that you love isn't hidden anymore. True. And I think it's like for a lot Very of uh, uh, nerds and artists, especially in a community such as the Bronx, um, you kind of hide it, you know? Yeah. You don't really put out that you like this kind of show or that kind of comic books or why are you reading comic books? Why are you this? Why are you that? Mm. But a lot of people don't understand that that stuff inspires people to do other things, you know? Like, the reason that you will have a kid become a scientist or into mathematics because Spider-Man was a scientist. Yeah. You know, Tony Stark was the tech billionaire, you know? Um, if you grew up, like, in my age, like, in my era, like, uh, I'm a millennial, I had Milestone. So I had, like, you know, Hardwire, who's this, like, black scientist that gets sponsored by a... a uh, a white entrepreneur and the guy was stealing all his tech mm. and he becomes a superhero to fight the guy that stole his tech. Yeah. Or you have stuff like icon where it's just like this black Superman and it's a really great conversation about the black experience from this super being alien. Mm. And you know, you get you, there's something that, yeah, that's, right. That's so, um, big, that's are, are you read like yeah. stuff like, uh, shout out to, uh, Ivan Velasquez here. Uh, blood syndicate where it's a multicultural group and they're dealing with like gang violence and and trying to make their neighborhood better but also through violence as well and it's, yeah. it's that so I, I never read blood syndicate but you should uh, you yeah, should. should it's should. a great uh, book right. um so when you get uh when you have this thing that you love and it's hidden you know it's that dirty little secret but now it's kind of in the forefront is the open you know, even like mainstream is talking about how much they love it. You see people wearing anime stuff. You see your basketball player wearing com reading comic books. You, like I was watching a, a interview where um, Method Man was talking about his X Men collection. Oh, but Method Man, he's he's been in that life for a long, for a long time. Yeah, but I, I don't think many of us appreciated it. But I, I think maybe because he 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 got he achieved fame. Right. So sometimes there's. Bit of us that might like, yeah, he's it's cool to see a black rapper into that life, but I think it also speaks more when you see someone who you consider like an every uh, every uh, everyday person, mm -hmm. and then it's like, wait a minute, I'm not alone. I think that speaks volumes. Yeah, and that's the beauty of it all. Yeah. Like, uh, I had a buddy who worked in Midtown Comics, right? Uh, shout out to Dollar. That's my that's my people. He's like, yeah, th these are all my Midtown comic book Comics people. Ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he worked at Midtown Co Midtown Comics. And so he's telling me the story of Kanye West coming in. Wow. <laughs> right? <laughs> and and asking for the store to be shut down. Wow. For him to buy comics. 
Like, do you Ooh. think, like, Kanye West, like, could you see it in your head right now? L- listener, visualize Kanye West walking into Midtown Comics to pick up Superman comic books. Wow. But it, it that's the whole thing. You kind of want to be a part of this boom. And the thing is, is, like, you're you're seeing a lot more of these uh, communities come out of the woodworks. Yeah. And I think we need that in the Bronx. We have a lot of cool stuff there. But, you know, again, the Bronx has its reputation. Uh-huh. Um, and I love the Bronx. I mean, I, I, I went to Evander Child's High School, and anybody that went to school in the Bronx or live in the Bronx knows about Evander. It's like, it was like number one worst school in New York City. <laughs> And you okay. know, that, that go too deep into the school. Oh, sorry, sorry. That we, we're gonna come to that. Yeah, yeah. okay, sorry, that. sorry. We're, but back to Tokyo Bronx. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's our community. We're, we're we're looking to grow. Um, give us a follow. You know, on Instagram or YouTube. Check out our content. We're we're interviewing as many people as possible, and uh, you know, we're we're gonna have more coming this year. It's gonna be great. Fantastic. Yeah. So now let's come back to Sean. Oh. And we'll right. still give Tokyo Bronx another shout out at the end and every other thing that you like to promote. So not to mm-hmm. worry. Um, introduce us to your place of birth and what your childhood was like. Okay. So I grew up in Barbados and I got sent to America when I was 17. So my, my, my growing up was pretty much, I'm the last of five and um oh, but last kid yeah. yeah i'm the last of five on my mother's side uh for my father uh i'm his his 25th so that that is <laughs> yeah that was one hell of a segue yeah, yeah, yeah that, that, like, that's why i slowly built up to yeah, it yeah i didn't see so, that coming so so i'm his his last of last like wow. my, my father was a sailor oh okay. um yeah so he had a lot of kids <laughs> in different places. I think, oh, like my older brother is like, and I mean older, like the one, the last one before me is like Australian or something. Oh my goodness! So man, like that is so, one hell of a family reunion. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I know like my other siblings and like that were in Barbados. Yeah, from my dad, but then the other ones are scattered. Wow. So uh, shout out to my dad. <laughs> yeah, shout out, man. Yeah. <laughs> so um, as a kid, I'm the last. So. I got um, spoiled, as they would say. Yeah. So I came to America when I was six, and um, that's where I discovered nerdum, right? Mm. So I always used to like drawing and stuff like that as a little kid. I would doodle, whatever. But like America, me coming to America really exploded my nerdum. Like okay. my cousin had... Oh, but, but wait, yeah. wait, wait, I, I, I want to stay in Barbados a little bit. Okay, sure. But, you know... Now it just it just dawned on me that I don't know cities in Barbados. Yes. So when you said you were born in Barbados, I was like, wait, that that's true. I know Barbados. I've mm-hmm. always known Barbados existed. Yes. I don't know anywhere in Barbados. I've never heard of any place in Barbados. Okay. So like I know Jamaica, I can name one or two cities. Okay. Trinidad so, and Tobago, I can name. So yeah. I grew up in the main part of Barbados. I was born in St. Michael's. St. Michael's. Yeah. Um, wait, what was the capital? Of like St. Michael's. That's like Saint Michael's. like okay. like. Because yeah. honestly, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I well, just, it just dawned on me. I did not know. Well, Bridgetown is inside of is inside of St. Michael's. Okay. So like Bridgetown is like the main city area. Like that's the town area. That's where like you go shopping, locals. Yeah. Like that was it. So I was born in a, a town called Black Rock. Right. Wow. So uh, I'm from that area. And 
as a child, you know, just like it wasn't nothing special. Like uh, I didn't not? have a bathroom. Grew up with an outhouse. No, oh, okay. like, like it's real, real, like real third world stuff, man. Like like um, the house was in on you know on bricks. Like you know everything. My mom and dad kind of slowly helped build everything. Yeah. So it was like you watch your house develop. Mm. Like like I, that's how I grew up. Like you you would think there was like um a veranda. Now, what people like veranda is a very British term. It is. <laughs> so I used that here. Nobody understands what you're saying. Right. So, I won't stop so, using it. So a veranda is usually like, like the outdoor sitting area that most people have. Like American houses don't really have it. No. But like literally, you will have like chairs and there's a stairwell and it's just a, like the waiting place that you will stand up until you get into the house. Yeah. So. I watched my veranda get built. I saw my my bathroom as 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 I grew up and like again, um I'm an 80s baby. So by the time I hit like um uh like 92, which I was six, that was telling. Mm-hmm. I started like my mom and dad started building the bathroom and stuff like that. So we were starting to get more modernized. I, I grew up washing uh clothes by hand. Oh man! So like, I got, I got so, that skill, right? I so I don't have, I never, I, yeah. So I didn't have like a washing machine until <laughs> later on. Um, I did have TV, but that that's why I I kind of went to that point of talking about going to America at six. Yeah, because that's how like I, oh, oh oh I had an Atari, what in our house we had an Atari. What was that? A Atari like. To, what is it 2600 like the old video game console with the dolls oh, like oh. I had a I had an Atari like when I was like in the 90s See, you, are, you so, are more bougie than me oh people would think <laughs> that but it's just like like think about this that's right? what I had to ask like, about, wait what was that like, I had to juggle like, my like brain a, Atari one. is like from the like 70s, 80s system <laughs> so I had an Atari not for us over there right, right. You know, but you know. The, okay, so here's the thing that people who maybe beiges know this that that grew up there. So we had days of our lives, like we had one channel. It was called CBC, right? Mm-hmm. And they used to show days of our lives at six o'clock every day, oh. all weekdays from Monday to Friday. <laughs> and our version of uh, days of our lives wasn't modern. It was from the seventies. Oh, so, yeah. so we were watching <laughs> days of our lives. With characters that was already dead uh, in real life. Man. And it was like, this was the show to watch, though. So you watch yeah. Days of Our Lives, right? And you would be like stuck in the 70s. So as a kid, <laughs> I, but like my gro- me growing up was very weird. Like, I love 70s disco music. Yeah. Because again, we, that's we, what we, I grew up with. <laughs> I'm laughing here because. It just yeah, you just made me recall why I, I'm not current with um, with Fresh Prince of Bel Air because it was the same thing. It was the older episodes we're getting, and you be thinking that you're watching <laughs> new episodes. And then when I see people, you know, people always talk, oh, if, if this episode was like my favorite episode, I'm like, when did this happen in Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Oh, <laughs> it, it it bugged us out one time <laughs> when they filmed the episode of Days of Days of Our Lives <laughs> in Barbados. And the yeah. characters that you were watching on TV yeah. are old people now. Oh, so man. you're like, wait, what oh, happened? Man. What's going on here? Oh. So these guys get to film an episode in Barbados. Oh, man. Uh. 
and they're like, and shit. And we're like, been watching them since uh, the seventies. I'm in tears, but yeah. So you're like, so like, it's, so like, my childhood was very different, and I, I feel that's the same for like most of my friends and and Beijing kids. So, like, so the reason I tell you the whole comic book story of me going to America and discovering nerdum, like, like that's when I started playing like video games. Mm-hmm. Because my cousin had like a Sega Master System, and then my first comic book I ever bought was like Black Widow. Oh! So when I came to America, I, I I discovered the comic book store. I went inside; they had toys. I think I bought like a five. I had like ten bucks. I bought a five dollar ninja and like two comic books and candy and stuff like that. So I bought Black Widow and another comic book. Any particular reason why Black Widow? Oh, hot chick. And uh, <laughs> kick it ass. Like, uh, like yeah. I, I think that is my, like, kryptonite for the rest of my life. Because as a kid also, <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm sorry I'm jumping back and forth to you listeners. But as a kid also, I grew up on Kung Fu Flakes. Yeah. And, and yeah. oh, my goodness. Yeah. I, like, my mom had a thing. She was like, Shaw, you like Asian women, huh? <laughs> like, like my mom did not like how I was looking at these, like, because back in those days, you had those Asian Kung Fu's where they were making a lot of female heroes. Mm-hmm. So, like, st- stuff like Come Drink With Me, uh, Lady Street Fighter. Lady Street Fighter. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, I remember that. So, you had I a lot. I recall it. Right. I remember. So, you had all these female heroes blowing up in those eras. Yeah. So, I'd be like, oh, she's cool. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I just recall. I don't know what happened to her. Cynthia Rootrock. Yes, Cynthia Rootrock. So bro, that woman got lots of movies in Nigeria, man. Oh, bro. Back then. She is the queen in Barbados, too. <laughs> her and Michelle Yeoh. Like, yeah. I, Mich- like, oh, Michelle Yeoh can adopt me anytime. Oh, I don't bro. know. Whatever so, relationship she wants to have, so, me, it's fine. <laughs> so ah. I think, so that is, th- those also shaped my childhood as well. So martial arts movies, I swear to God. I swear to God. I remember me and my sister were talking about this the other day. About Bruce Lee, like when I first saw Enter the Dragon, yeah, I never knew he, he was dead by then. Neither I did I. Saw... Neither did <laughs> I. So, so as a kid, I oh. saw Enter the Dragon, and I remember my sister wanted to go home, at, and I was like, no, like this is me being defiant because yeah. I'm watching this movie, <laughs> and she, I was at, she brought me to her friend's house because you know, like mm-hmm. I'm the little brother, yeah, she's yeah. in her teens, <laughs> so she's dragging me along somewhere. And I went by her friend house and this movie is on and everybody's watching it. And she's like, oh, shot it's time to go home. No, no. don't talk to me. Don't even look <laughs> at me. And I was just like, gun ho about Bruce Lee. So those things shaped my childhood. I mean, I used to run around. Uh, and also, here's a thing that a lot of people don't know about Barbados. Barbados is super religious. Like, uh, like yep, super yep. I, I, I was gonna call. <laughs> like not se- surprised. Oh yeah, yeah. 75% Christianity. Mm. Right? Every other religion is in that 25. So when I was a kid, um uh, another thing happened when I came to America. Um my mom got saved. Oh so yeah, yeah. So when she came to America, she got saved. So I'm in the height of getting into nerdum, and my mom just got saved, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. this became a very difficult relationship mm-hmm. going in growing up because one, my mom became a hardcore Christian. 
Like I remember going to church seven days a week at one point. And I remember Ooh. like my book, comic books getting burnt. Oh, yeah. And the regulation of me playing video games and what video games I could play. Wow. And this this game is too violent, this and that. Yeah. So it made me have more uh, love for those things. Like m- most of my friends I met over comic books and stuff like that. So, mm. so like religion and, and nerdum don't mix. <laughs> Especially in the 90s. Ooh. Like, Yep, like, there are too many bad stories that I got of of that happening, and uh, I think I think I told you one at Comic Con of the mm-hmm. family friend whose mom also had found she had been saved, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and tricked the boy to get flogged at church, and yeah, the fl- to, the, that was the deliverance they were to deliver him from comic books, and yeah, but it, was, but it turned into a physical beating. Uh, that's why he had to just yeah. say whatever they wanted to hear. Oh yeah, it, it it gets like that too. So Dude, they my books got burnt. Valuable comics that he had. I had yeah, a collecting book. since the seventies. So a lot of people don't know this, and uh, the dollar stores used to sell three packs for a dollar here in New York City. So you can go to the dollar store and get like three comic books for a dollar. Hmm. So you can get like it was um like unknown companies at the time. So it's like Valiant when they were coming out, and um. Like, I had, like, books like Satan 6, all that stuff. Oh, my God. When I came back from America with a book called Satan 6, all my shit got destroyed. Ugh. <laughs> uh, like... Devil. It, the, yeah, the devil. The devil trying to take uh, my son. I got... I got um, and then, um, also, uh, so... I remember telling you I was the last of five for my mother. Yeah. So, I have four other siblings, different... Fa- uh, well, the three in the middle have the same father. My oldest brother has a different father. My oldest brother got sent to England because he's an artist as well. Okay. So he got sent there, to, you know, to on a scholarship. He came back religious. Oh, no. Well, that's not the place you expect. <laughs> but so, I'm not surprised. But <laughs> so my brother became like, like <sighs> super religious. My house became super religious. Like there was nothing but Jesus. So oh. when I was drawing my comic book stuff, I would get all my comic book stuff from school. Like my friends in school, yeah. hang out with my friends. I wouldn't really be home. But anytime I draw something, it would get chastised. Ooh. Holy, you can't draw nothing pretty. You gotta draw that with that devil eyes all the time. Oh, that's all I would ever hear. So uh, that's growing up in, um, wow. it, as, a, as a comic book nerd and fan in Barbados. Like, and then the other thing too is like, like I said, we have one channel, so Barbados would get like all the weird shows. Like I grew up watching The Flash. I grew up watching stuff like My Secret Identity. Like if I don't you call that one, holy, it, it's it's um, um. There's a show I'm trying to rem- remember. I think that's from uh, the British. It was from Britain, mm-hmm. the British side of the. I think it was the Caribbean family in, in Britain. Yes, uh, Desmond. Desmonds? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That was yeah. the show. Yeah, I grew up on the Desmonds. Okay. I, I grew up. Maybe that was the one that was more current. Yeah, if yeah. If I'm taking that was a wild guess. It was <laughs> But every other show, like Martin, Martin was probably after the show ended that they sent it to yep. us. <laughs> yep. Yep. So every I. Every other team was, yeah. I grew up on old school <sighs> stuff. I grew up on Mr. Bean. I grew up oh, on. Oh, like, yeah, Mr. Bean. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That, so. Oh, boy. So the. I. I so I grew up on a lot of cool stuff, right? But here's the thing. Okay, so I, as a kid, I hated horror movies. 
No, same here. I, I used, didn't like being afraid. And my sisters would torture me because they would watch horror movies. Oh, yeah. So then after that, I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to get into horror. So I got really into <laughs> So now I became horror. You're the opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I stopped being a pussy and I got really uh, into horror. I, I don't know if I could curse. But anyway. Uh, no, you but, can. Yeah, you can. thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, it's up to you. For oh, yeah. you feel. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm enjoying this conversation. It's really good. So yeah. I, I grew up being a horror fanatic like later on in life. Like, wow. Because they would like just like it would be relentless. They would watch like shitty horror movies. Yeah. Like, but it was just like they would not let me. Like I was hiding behind the couch whenever. That, they that's watching. what I used to do, hiding behind the couch. Right. Because I was supposed to be in bed, and mm. then for some reason nobody could tell that I had snuck all the way to the couch, and I'll be there watching, and then just it's like I could time it just at the, maybe like the last four or five minutes, or just before the end credits would come up, I would just start moving away, sneaking, and then get back in bed. But how to find out that I was watching horror movies is that I always have nightmares. I start freaking yeah. out. Yeah, I, I, yo, I, used to be, I don't know what it was. I used to be like scared of shit all the time. Like, uh, yo, like, yeah, I blew my own cover. Oh, oh yeah. I, I, I think I told this one time on, uh, on the show. We did a Halloween special. And I recounted this. I saw Jaws as a kid. And it destroyed my beach experience for the oh, rest, yeah, that's for true. like two that's years true. straight. That's true. Like yeah, that I movie, could that movie. not. I was a professional sandbather. I would not go into the water for nothing. I would just be like, "Nah, this is this is it. The sand is amazing. Look, feel it." Like, and people were like, it's, it's "Sean, like, you gotta get in the car now. Walk home. <laughs> I don't want to get in the car because walking get into the car means you got to wash off yeah. the sand off of you. Mm-hmm. I had so much sand on me." That I actually had to get into the sea. And I'm like, no. Uh. No. <laughs> no. And I was like, literally telling someone, like, somebody literally had to pick me up and snatch me and dr- jump into the water with me and hold me there. And I was like, no, no. Yeah, the you're you're hearing the soundtrack <laughs> yeah. of the dun, 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 yeah, dun, yeah, yeah. dun, 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 that but, movie, that movie did something to a whole bunch of us. Yeah, but it, it's also how, how you had a good childhood as well, too, because you. <laughs> Like, oh man! Oh, man. But <laughs> so, that—that's growing up in Barbados, super woo. religious. Um, yeah. I'm, not, not, I'm not surprised to hear about the super religiousness, <laughs> but um, in all this, so you—I think you've given a, a, a little bit of insight into this next question. Sure. But uh, so let me see. Yeah, I'll still ask it. So, with all that you've said, mm. including all the funny stuff, <laughs> what do you consider your favorite childhood memory? Oh my god. Um I have too many. Cause Everybody does. <laughs> no, yeah, no, you, can, you can pick one or two. That's fine. Cool. Um I think one of my favorite memories is still like coming to America. It was just different. And um as a little kid, mm-hmm. you know, flying on a plane. I enjoyed myself. I was staying with my aunt and my cousin at the time. You know, um, every, it was just the discovery. Like, I remember, like, as a kid, I got to see Mike Tyson and his bike crew. Or I don't want to call them a gang. That's not the term. Like, Mike as a kid. Mike Tyson had a bike crew? Yeah, he used to oh, ride God. through Brooklyn with oh. his crew. Oh. Um, and I saw them as a kid. Like, everyone was like, oh, it's Mike Tyson. And he was at the front. 
I, I believe, was he on a Raptor? No, he was on like uh, one of those big Harleys and he's, his, him and his crew was just like riding through Brooklyn. Oh, wow. And it was just like. I, I was never aware of that. Yeah, it was just this like, um, this click, like America just was like that place I wanted to be. And uh, I think that's a, one of my good childhood memories. Um, another really good childhood memory is just like, hmm, I, I just remember hanging out with my friends. Like, I, I, like I, I never take anything for granted because it helped make me who I am. Hmm. But I definitely think the trip to America is, it was the eye-opener for me. Uh, like um after that I was just coming to America every year. Yeah. Um, you know, I have brothers and sisters that that were sent over here. So they would send for me and I'll spend either the summer or the winter here. And I just like it was just discovery for me, you know. So and then going back home to Barbados, like it's a mixed bag. Cause like when you live in a really strict religious ho- household, you know. Get it away from that is the like the best part of life. So yeah. So like, you know, like yeah, you had a small taste of freedom. Yeah, yeah. But really, truly, really just I I love like roaming. I, as a kid, I just love roaming around. Mm. I love like walking around, seeing people visiting. I didn't really care if you didn't were there or not there. It's just the whole like it was weird. As a kid, I just love like oh okay, I I got one now. The arcade scene in Barbados. I used to go to the arcade with a buddy of mine. Uh, shout out to Steve. Um, we we would just like go and play video games. We'll save up lunch money and we'll we'll take the <laughs> the bus to town and go and play video games. And we, the arcade scene was amazing. I was talking about this recently as well. Um, you know, I played a lot of Street Fighter, Marvel vs. Capcom, all these games. Oh. But that was also my childhood as well. And um, you know, there wasn't too much art stuff. At the time, I was just more into the nerdum of it. Yeah. Because, um, again, like, uh, not for nothing, uh, being an artist and a creative and also being inside of a very strict religious ho- household, like, you don't get to express yourself that much, mm-hmm. you know? You don't... And what was even being an artist an option that was given to you, in, you know, when you, you're in an environment like that, mm. I don't think, yeah, that that's something that... Lots of kids who I know are artists today. Mm-hmm. It, it, it it wasn't like I, like I know for me being an art anything artist wasn't an option because as a kid the only people who had seen or heard being addressed as artists were white people from um, Europe or North America. So I mm-hmm. didn't I just assumed black people didn't do it. And then you had a fine arts teacher at school. You were supposed to draw, and then later you didn't have a fine arts teacher because they couldn't, for whatever reason, there was nobody mm. to teach arts. Mm. So what, what was like, it's not really an important subject. So why do you teach arts anyway? And so it was like the, the school was it, it was more acceptable. I don't think parents had a big deal because if you if you didn't have a math teacher, an English teacher, or a science teacher, there would be an uproar. Like how dare the school not have teachers in those subjects? But if there was no art, fine arts teacher. Well, that's that. Well, who wants to be a fine arts? <laughs> who wants I, to grow in fine arts? And I know? and I think a lot of also the other thing is is a lot of uh, a lot of people project their um, a lot of 
and, I, and I'm not saying this is as a, a bad thing. I think a lot of teachers project their standards or their ideals onto their students. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is like, I know that's a very difficult thing to do when you have a, like in America, it, the schools are overpopulated, right? Yeah. So you have a lot of students. But back home in Barbados, it, again, that religion really played straight through. It, like, it, it's weird when you leave home and you go to school and you hang out with your friends and it's still there. Mm. Because, like, a lot of people, uh, uh, okay, here's a little fun fact about Barbados. Um, I used to have to go to a Catholic, like, I had to go to the Mass yeah. on Wednesdays. So my school was next to, when I was a kid, younger kid, my school was next to a church. Mm-hmm. So the whole kids were so lined up and go to church yeah. on a Wednesday. Yeah. And you're there until like noon or something like that. Mm-hmm. You got to get that right. uh, religion. You got to get that education from God too. Right. Uh, so that's, like. That's actually more important in that sense. Th- that's true. Yeah. I mean, again, it shaped me. It really did shape me. I, I, I can't deny like. Yeah. Right. But like a lot of people just don't get like how ingrained it was in mm. everything you did. Like, even though you um are are going to school, hanging out with your friends, or doing anything else, like religion plays a like you'll have morning assembly. You had to say a prayer. Yeah. Do this. You, did you had to learn choir. Oh my god. <laughs> you had choir. There's actually a show in Barbados called Time to Sing, right? Where on a Sunday, oh yeah, okay, here's a crazy thing. All right, before I get the time to sit. Uh, in Barbados on a Sunday, nothing but religious music, gospel, whatever it is. Yeah. And, and, and religious programming plays on television. Except for Oprah. See? Except See? for Oprah. <laughs> that is oh. mad similar to well, all the all the Christian dominated parts of Nigeria. Because yep, that's uh the same thing. It's Sunday, it's from the morning it begins. Right. It's one sermon after another sermon, 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 sermon. Probably maybe around three, four, that's when the some slight programming might come in, different programming yeah. might come in. Yeah. But it's usually it can the whole day can just be sermons on um state TV, federal TV, um and even some of the private TV stations mm-hmm. that came up because hey that that's good money, guaranteed money right there. Right. So yeah, that was something that we also had and you just that that's why as soon as um cable became affordable mm. or you could uh illegally connect to someone's cable. Man, that was it. We, that yeah. was it. Nobody's yeah. watching local TV anymore. It's like, bye. Yeah. Why would I? <laughs> yeah. That was the end. It was over. <laughs> oh, so so they would show like, I remember this. This is how, how uh, interesting television was in Barbados. So uh, we got a little show called Soul Food, right? Mm-hmm. And I, gr- I, well, when I went to America, I saw the show. Yeah. And the show was it. It was it was like MA, right? It was rated R. Like they had some, some mm, sexies and stuff yeah. like that. It was a showtime show. Yeah. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So it came to Barbados. And it was showing late night on television. So it's like ah. TV, TV cuts off at 11, 12 at night. Yeah. Right? Like you get static on your TV after, mm-hmm. after yes. a while, right? <laughs> so when it came so when it came to the sexies, right? They would cut in. <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> ah, they would cut in like oh, overview shots of like 
the city. Like, you know those those uh, shots where you see, like, people entering the city, nightlife. Like, like you'll see, like, TV shows like, oh, hey, we're going to show you a club scene. But before you show you the club, we'll show you the city shot. Right? Oh, that's so, how they did, yeah. So, so they'll <laughs> cover the sex scenes with city shots. But somebody was doing it manually. Yeah. So it was hilarious. <laughs> so so they would cut in the scene, right? And then all of a sudden, you're like 11-year-old kid watching this show. or t- Wait, I was 11, 12 show. And all of a sudden, you were like, okay, they're going to mess up. They're going to mess up. And you would see like somebody getting pulled. Like, <laughs> you'll see like somebody get like taking it. Like, and they were like, oh, oh Skyline, Skyline, Skyline. We got to put it back on. <laughs> so it was like. Oh man! And then all of a sudden, the scene would end, and it would cut the seat, the, yeah. the the skyline, like it was bad editing. Oh but, man, yeah, it, it but, was. It, our but, TV was full of bad editing then too. Yeah, yeah, same thing. Anytime a sex scene was coming up in the movie, I've seen where they fast forwarded. Oh, I've dude. seen where the the most common in Nigeria, well, in parts of Nigeria that I lived in, mm-hmm. I won't say the whole country because I don't know what they did in other places, but all that I experienced was. A black box <laughs> sometimes <laughs> come up. <laughs> it's like they try to expand it, expand it, expand it, and uh, we're like, uh, "What? We can still see something happening?" Or the what? zoom it to the face? Yeah, where, uh, yeah, they zoom it to the face. They, they, they super zoom it. <laughs> where they're like, "Oh, it's a sex scene." Uh, they're kissing. Where? Watch the kissing. Yeah, <laughs> like, like wow. Like, and then there, there were days where the person actually, it seemed like the person just got carried away and forgot, or was enjoying it and Dude. forgot. To. Yeah, that's it. So, you know we, they we, were enjoying we, it. We, we used to it. We used to. Okay, we're expecting cut it off, cut off this, the cut off. Like, and then there was no. We saw the sex scene and we're like, wait, there's a nude woman on state TV. Wow. And then that's, I became like talk of town. Like you, know, you see your friends. Oh, like, hey man, you see that? That movie? guy got fired. Movie. It, they didn't cut it. Yeah, like wow, what happened? I don't know. Fiddle attraction was hilarious. Oh, man. Like I remember that was showing in Barbados one night, and it was just like you know, there's a really intense scene where you know she cuts herself, yeah. and they're like, skip, like no, let's do, just skip, just skip it, and then you're like, wait, what just happened? Like, <laughs> just skip, like, like, but again, it's like when you grow up in that stuff, you 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 also like learn to have a good imagination. Oh yeah, like. Like you, you, like seriously, you you had to have an imagination yeah. to enjoy stuff. And also, um, one of the biggest like factors of me growing up was Sesame Street, because yeah, just like Days Sesame of Our Street Lives was, was huge. Sesame Street was religious as well. Like four o'clock, four o'clock, you were home to watch Sesame Street. Like and and like you're like. 12, 13, and your friends are on the train just, not train, sorry, sorry, on the bus just making jokes about Sesame Street or talking mm-hmm. to stuff. It, like, it was so weird. Barbados is just a weird, not weird, but like, <laughs> just, just like, I try to explain people, like, Barbados is a time capsule. Yeah. All the stuff that you were like, whoa, that's an old show. It's modern for us. <laughs> like, like, they're now probably showing like, good times in Barbados now. <sighs> No, I'm joking, but like, <laughs> we're, we're a little bit more modern. But, uh, but yeah, you grew up with that stuff. Thank goodness for cable TV coming <laughs> coming into town, you know. <laughs> oh, you're lucky. I g- ah, but before we go ahead, mm-hmm. um, well, I'm still going to ask something about Barbados. Cause Please. Like, <laughs> that's too much of fun there. Oh, man. But before we go ahead, uh, we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, we'll, we'll continue with the, with the it's fun episode. It's, it's too much. 
<laughs> so much. It's like you can you can switch Barbados with Nigerian. Trust me. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> yeah, we'll be back. <laughs> Hi, everyone. We've made it two years, and who would have thought so? So let's go for that, and make it three, make it four, make it five, make it six. Who knows? Twenty. But we can't do this without your support. So. Join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash white label American P-O-D pod or linktree.com slash white label American. Go there and you'll see our Patreon link and you can join us for as low as $3. We have bonus content. We have bonus materials. There's so much juice over there that we don't release to the public. And yeah, you can contribute in making this podcast better. You can send questions. You can send your ideas and also there's a lot of new things that are coming the announcements are made on patreon first because we have to you know take care of people who help make this podcast possible so you can be the one to make this podcast what you want it to be come join us on patreon and make it what you like to see join us make it fantastic keep the five stars coming in keep the love coming in thank you for the privilege of your company Thank you for staying with us. And um, don't forget, we have bonus content on Patreon. So, hey, go there and support and you get you get extra juice. Extra juice from this Cut of juice. What kind of juice you got on Patreon? <laughs> the, purple, the purple stuff. Oh, the purple stuff. The purple stuff. Grape, grape drink. <laughs> nice. Give him that, give him that grape drink. <laughs> no, give me the purple drink. Oh man, Kool-Aid was a, a childhood favorite of mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so, before I go ahead, there's one question that I've asked almost everybody who comes from the art world. I've got to ask Ian this question, so I, I, well, I have to find a way to get him again and ask him. Yeah. So, in Sean's own words, mm-hmm. what is art? Mm. The expressions of oneself in every way, shape, and form, mm. and I think. Um, that varies for every person because yeah. I, I do consider everybody to be artistic but ex, um, I think people put a uh, not a cap but most likely a, a, a limitation on themselves because they compare themselves with others and th- but art is just you expressing yourself in some shape and form like um so I recently discovered um, something called outsider music, right? Outside of music. Out- outsider music. Oh, outsider right? music. Okay. Yeah. So outsider music is just this genre of artists that they had a fan base, but they made the weirdest m- music ever. Oh. They just, it was off key, off beat. It was created right on the spot. And it was, it, there's a beauty to it, right? You sure? Would, You're not talking about me? Yeah, it could be you. I, I can't wait for the Outsider album. <laughs> we're gonna like we're gonna drop it for twenty twenty two. It's gonna be amazing. My uh, my long awaited rap album. Yeah, makes it out there. No, no, I can't rap. Don't so worry, it, it so these people like I I, I think the band is called the Shares. So mm. they're like the the most popular one, right? Well known. Okay. Like like Rolling Stone has them as one of the bands you must listen to before you die. Oh wow! So it's these these triplets, right? The father. So the story is their father went and got a palm reading, and the palm reader told him that his children would be the most famous 
musicians in the world. So he takes his daughters out of school, buys them instruments, puts them inside of a, a, a audio a studio, a music studio, and tells them to make music. And they make this album. Wow. And it's just the most authentic piece of music ever. Because it's just them with no musical background, no training, making music. And the wow. originality of it. Like, okay. they're off-key, they're not on beat, but it's like so the most beautiful stuff ever. And I think that's art. That is not the way I was expecting the story to go. But I I applaud I applaud the, the, the I guess I have to applaud them because yeah. that, that yeah, I'm I'm yeah, maybe I've listened to too many comedians because I, I I don't think I would have Oh uh, yeah. That's not what I was expecting. Like Yeah. Wow, that's okay. Yeah. So Wow. There's art out there for everyone. So there's like like I think because of the internet, oh, we're a little bit more able to see um what other people are diving into. Mm-hmm. Like, but I think everything is an art, man. Like, um, are you gonna be successful this art? I don't I don't I can't okay. say yes or also no. It depends to that. on how you define success too. Right, and that's it too. But uh yeah, this jo- this these like like I just was listening to outsider music, like I was just describing. It was just so interesting. It was just this. Um, there's a guy called something Willis, and he was he had schizophrenia, and he would make music. He made he made a song called like "Sorry I Got Fat," and wow. it was just like it's just like he's just it's him apologizing for getting fat, and it's like the best stuff ever. I, I, I respect people. Yeah, because but but he made like over like twenty albums, and it's just him off the cuff. Wow. He has he has but. And the thing is, he had a fan base. Like, people would go to his concerts. And he would, like, wow. perform in, like, Brooklyn and all these different little venues. But, but like, people would go to his stuff. Because it was just, like, um, that's why I say it's, it has to be your true expression of yourself. Because mm. it was just him being genuine. Everything was off the cuff right there. He was just, like, Hey, there's a red cup in front of me. And he would make a song about that. And I think that's what art is. I think it's you. Like even this in this moment, there's an artistic beauty of us sitting out here having this conversation. Oh, yeah. And playing tennis, right? We're playing verbal tennis. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I had a um, shout out to Archie Raf- Rafulu. Mm-hmm. And um, he was born in Johannesburg. And he's the one who gave me a term that I now use, the cult- cultural agent. Mm. That's what I consider myself. That's yes. When asked him the same question of what is art. Um, he had a little bit similar to yours. Well, he didn't have a full definition coming from him, mm-hmm. but um, he asked if I had anybody who had given me an answer, and I said yes. Um, 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 uh, I'm forgetting her first name, but she's been a guest on the show. I'm just mm-hmm. remembering her last name, Martinez. Miss Martinez who owns a gallery um, mm-hmm. by, by, uh, in Albany. Mm-hmm. She had said art is any form of expression mm-hmm. that moves you moves you to an emotion that draws an emotion out of the audience or mm. draws, an, draws an emotion in you if I'm paraphrasing because mm-hmm. you know, not ex- exact words but it was along that lines and he was like yeah yeah and then he was like yeah you know you're a cultural agent too you know you make and I was like wow I never consider myself that but it does fit the description. Yeah, because so, you bring out something 
like just sitting down here talking to you just brings out something that I probably wouldn't um, express with a person on a regular conversation. Yeah. Like me, I, I, I like having conversations with strangers, mm-hmm. right? I like having a conversation with a person on the train or a bus. How are you doing? How's your day? Yeah. Because sometimes you get something that you'll never get out of somebody else in that moment. True. And I think that's a beautiful art to have. Like, um, so like I grew, I did a lot of sales in my 20s, right? And I don't think people appreciate the art of sales. No. We, we, I, I think yeah. there's too many. Um, I think it's like most people's first impression of mm-hmm. a salesperson is from a negative word of mouth. Like, oh, salesman mm-hmm. tried to, or saleswoman tried to con mm-hmm. me or try to force me to buy mm-hmm. stuff that wasn't really, or they were just an irritant, mm-hmm. you know. And it's always, always a negative connotation that comes with it until you have to do it and then you now gain a form of respect Mm -hmm. and it's like you hit this uh you you get exposed and it's like uh, you accept you ascend Mm -hmm. above all that noise i'm like wow there's actually this is this is work this is the talent yes it's a talent and then you start having different appreciations so either you know you can continue in this or you can't but it, it's something that you you now find an appreciation in and mm-hmm. it's kind of what it plays into the reason why I, I, I no longer say oh that's just an every every job's easy or there's some people who have very easy jobs like oh mm-hmm. this job i could do this job anytime and then you get to try that job one day you're like whoa this is what yeah everything is an art everything it's an just art. it's just what are you going to do with it exactly um uh, when you were talking just now uh, about your associate, mm-hmm. he uh, and uh, it was reminding me of um, this this person that used to do installations. I, I forgot the terminology, so don't quote me here. I think it's either subject zero or uh, installation zero or something like that. And this 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 uh, European woman did this art installation, and it's one of the craziest art moments in like the world just just it's crazy so she starts this installation by standing still right yeah and she puts a couple of objects on the table next to her and she says you can do whatever you want use whatever you want on the table with me like so she's standing there still she's like I won't move I won't scream I won't do anything I will stand still with this whole installation wow so at first it starts off very timid so people are like boo ah whatever trying to get her to snap move whatever mm-hmm. and she wouldn't move so they started poking her she wouldn't respond right yeah so then they started like playing with her hair. And then somebody saw scissors on the table, grabbed the scissors, cut her hair. She wow. wouldn't move. Then they started taking stuff off of her. They took off her shirt. They took off her her blouse. Wow. Started taking off her bra. She wouldn't move. Again, there's other stuff on the table, like knives. And there was a gun. So then Ooh. they start taking stuff and poking her. Take the knife, rub it against her body. To the point, somebody shows up with a gun and points it at her. 
So all of a sudden, when it starts to get really like, it starts to get really dark. Like uh-huh. like they're, they're, like she's fully naked now. And these people have like poked her, pierced her. She's bleeding. Stuff like that. And she moves. Everybody in the room gets up and leaves the installation. Wow. And this is an art piece. And it was just this like, it, it, it it's so interesting to to go and like read about it because mm-hmm. it was just like uh it was a it was such a interesting installation because like um it, it showed humanity at, at a really interesting place yeah. and this is her expert her, her expression and this was her art piece it just showed people what they were capable capable of without somebody um complaining mm-hmm. it shows how far some people are willing to go yeah it was a, it's, it's, it's it's like so that's again why i say art is about expression yeah. like when i when i it made me think of that like like when i read about that i was like whoa and it's i think it's one of the most impactful art artistic installations out there that ever was it ever is. done in, in um, humanity wow that yeah, I would have moved from the first to the second. I yeah, got, she she stood there for like a couple of hours. She, they moved her. Don't get it twisted. Okay. She wasn't stiff. Okay, they she just wouldn't respond. Oh wow! And because they couldn't get a response from her, it just escalated to, to the point like it ended with what, her what, having a gun to her. No, no, no. It's like in Europe. Okay. Wow. But the fu- the funny fact is that when she finally moved, yeah. they all ran. They all ran. I'm, they could. Nah, I, I wasn't surprised. They couldn't face her. Yeah, like she couldn't even be like, "Hey, what do you thought of the installation?" None of that. Nah. Because like the 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 level that things were taken to, and mm. and and you would think this is like only men. No, everybody participated. Mm. So they stripped her nude, took off her clothes. Cut her, pierced her. Aye. Like it got to the, again. Like the last part was like the final straw was a guy pulling a gun to her head, like Ooh. just to see her move. Yeah, I, I was worried there for a second. Oh my god, gun, but it's uh, but again, I don't like, think I if, if I were to do something like that, I don't think I'll put a gun as an option. But hey, I I respect. It. <laughs> I get I get where you're coming from, but the, <laughs> <laughs> like I, I like, but it's just like. It, it, it's it's a different it's it was definitely like a great experiment it was it was and 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 that's what i think art does it's, that's why you said it, how it moves people yes because look at her her whole installation was i'll give you the tools and i'll stand still what will happen mm. that could have gone ugly it it could it went ugly it went oh yeah ugly. it definitely went ugly so, I, I like it went ugly yeah. and, and, and 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 that's the other thing too so yeah. i think like art is a very interesting format it is. I, even even um i know people like oh I, 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 like it's really weird as an artist when you make a painting or a picture and it heals somebody mm. that's another thing that yeah i don't think gets talked about enough mm-hmm. yeah and it and it heals somebody and that's a really amazing thing as an artist and i think like also um it's I, I i'll speak for myself i won't speak for any other artists um i love when i see somebody get healed from my work 
or satisfaction yeah. or, or, or feel something. And sometimes I don't even mean for that to happen. I just, I just like creating. Isn't that usually the best? It, it Where can, you just, you, you did your thing. It's like you, you had something in the back of your mind. This must happen. Mm. But, and then you see or hear from someone who had a reaction and it, it led to a healing that you, may, you, in a way that you may not have even considered before you started the work of art, that this could be possible, or this work that you just did could result in such an emotion in someone or to somebody feeling this way. So I'll tell you how I got back into art, because I did quit in my 20s, right? I got burnt out. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't burnt out like on some special thing. I just, I dealt with the wrong person and that burnt me out, right? Mm, that, that's, that's another, that's right. So, Same with me and podcasting. Right, right. Mm -hmm. It happens, right? Yeah. So my friend got me back into to art, right? He gave me a black book and told me to draw, start drawing. And then I went under his um, guidance, and I used to do customized hats. So I'd be in Times Square standing up. I was that guy on the, like, I don't know if you ever walked through 42nd Street, and you see those guys with the hats on the tables. And, I and see stuff. hats. Yeah. Right, right. I used to do that. Wow. So I would sit down and do graffiti on hats and stuff like that. And that made me feel so good because you have people from all walks of life, mm -hmm. all parts of the world, rich and poor. Like I met some of the most intelligent people um, doing that job. I used to talk to billionaires. I had billionaires standing up next to me just talking to ask me crap because of that job. But nothing was so satisfactory now watching like kids come up to the table to talk to you about the hats or like just watching the kid face light up when he's fin when you finish making because I made him on the spot. So I got to see in real time oh. people's reaction of me creating something for them. Yeah. Or people like, hey, my kid loves this character. Can you draw this character on the hat? Yeah, sure. People send me pictures. Like, I, I remember I got a picture from this girl from, was she Vietnamese or, or I think she was either Vietnamese or Filipino. And she wanted a new hat for her grandpa. And I made her a hat for her grandpa. And she sent me a picture of her grandpa happy with the hat. Wow. And like, like, you get stuff like that. So I just knew the power of making stuff with people. Yeah. And, you know, like, I remember, like, this, this guy one time, I was having a bad day. And I think he was like either homeless or like poor. Wanted to, you know. Like, I don't know if he was like, like, because the, the weird thing about um, Times Square is that you get wanderers, right? Yes. yes. People in transition. Mm -hmm. And Times Square does two things for people. Oh, three things. Let me just say three things. You either, it either changes you for better, it eats you up, or you learn, you get a lesson and you move on. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm the third. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So this guy was walking by and he was having a bad day. And I was just like, and he was looking at my hat. So I was like, hey, you want a hat? He's like, and I ain't got no money right now. I don't have a dollar. I was like, yeah, I'll make you a hat. But, you know, I put a little rule so like, you don't ask me too much, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And just that guy just like, yo, thank you. Like, 
feeling good, enjoying it. Take it for the next couple of days until I don't know if he moved on. I think he left. He, yeah, like he wore that hat every day. I saw him. Wow. And then he's like, "Yo, I'm moving. I'm going back. I think like things ain't working out here for me. Like mm. I think I, I, you know, whatever." And he told me that and he left. Never saw him again. Oh. But just knowing that, like, whatever that hat did for him made him like feel a little better, or like, you know, like. Just, just help him to like maybe make that decision. I, I don't even know if that hat did that much for him, you know. Mm. But just like he loved the hat enough to like. I still like it's, it. Bugs me out when I am on the train and I see a hat that I made like like three four years ago. This person's wearing it religiously. Wow. Like it's fading. Yeah. Like it needs a touch up. But yeah, like I know what art can do for people. That is that is beautiful, man. I'm I'm yeah. I'm glad you shared that, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't have had that in my mind to ask. And you see, sometimes that's why a, a lot of conversations just flow naturally, and we we get so many beautiful stuff. But man, we could do this all day. But I I have to go pick up my daughter soon, so I have to start wrapping up. Okay. We definitely have to set up a part two or three and like five. <laughs> we just, we'll just I, book it all I, together. I got stories for days. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll ask you some quick questions. Please. Um, as we begin to wrap up. Mm-hmm. So uh, um, are you in the virtual reality space? Because I've heard a lot of people talking about that. It seems to be something big going on now. Or do you have plans to be in that space with your art? Uh, I don't know. I was watching an associate of mine that I used to work with. He was doing, uh, he was building himself in um, the metaverse. Yeah, I've, I still 3D. haven't tried it yet. Yeah. And um, me personally, I just, um, you know the term the Uncanny Valley, right? The Uncanny Valley. Mm. Nah, it, it sounds familiar about Okay, it, so the Uncanny cool. Valley is that thing where your mind does like, like say you're watching a movie mm-hmm. and there's CGIing a character in. Yeah. Like a real person. And your mind is like, Something's off. Yeah, Something's off. yeah, yeah. That's the uncanny yeah. valley. Okay. So it's okay. that little thing in your mind that makes you like, um, know that that isn't real or that isn't legit, right? Yes. Right. Even as close as they're getting, there's something that makes your mind register that that is a 3D model. Mm. I, I feel that way when it comes to doing entering the virtual space. Like, okay, this is cool and dope. Like, I see people doing spray paint in in um like vr world and stuff like that but it's there's a difference to doing it in real life yes i mean you can mimic it but it's a difference to feeling something tangible oh. mm-hmm. and i think that's the thing with art is tangibility and, and and i'm not talking about people that make music or whatever it is it's just the fact of like we're slowly stepping away from that so much yeah that i'm not comfortable with that yet I, 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 even with it, music, music can still be tangible. I mean, if you go to a concert, right? With you, are you in the studio right. doing recording and all that, mixing the music? Right, like together. people don't play instruments yeah. anymore, which yeah. is like you, 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 like that's the weirdest thing because people are paying so much money for that now, right? Mm-hmm. They want a live band, they want people to play music, but everybody kind of like forgot about learning it, and they went to the beats and the samples and. Like making, I mean, I'm not too familiar with it, but it's so weird how we we run away from 
learning the fundamentals. Yeah. And that's it. There we go. There. It's this running away from fundamentals and going into digital. Oh, digital like only. I remember uh working in Times Square one time and uh it was it was interesting. I met these group of kids. They were all digital artists. And I looked at them and I was like, hey, um, let me see your sketchbook. So I pull out my sketchbook and I give it to them. And they're looking through, oh my God, this is so good. I was like, where are your sketchbooks? Oh, we're all digital artists. Okay. And I'm like, <laughs> so you guys don't have a sketchbook? Yeah. No, we all do everything digital. I mean, and even I'll, our friend, Ian, I've seen him sketching. <laughs> right, right. But that's 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 how I feel about metaverse. Yeah. Like like we're gonna lose something because um we're not in implementing fundamentals. Well with with that being said, mm -hmm. you know, wouldn't that um so would, would that make you be in the NFT world? Every okay, so I gotta talk about this. I've had 20 people, and I'm being exaggerating, but I've had people call me to make them NFTs. And I'm like... How do you make an NFT? No one knows. <laughs> They're calling me to make them an NFT. And I'm like, how do you do it? And I mean, I think there's going it, it, to there's be a time and a place for it, but we're so, we're so in the early stages of it mm -hmm. that it's a gamble. Like, I hear... Artists with names selling the NFTs for a ridiculous amount of money, which is great, right? Yeah. But then I hear people like that don't even have a clue or don't even have a name selling the NFT. And just to let people know, um, people do enter the art world to clean money. So yes, like, yes, so like, that's, just just that's, understand this mm -hmm. is how some people clean money. Mm -hmm. So that's a great point too. Yeah. yeah I, so I'm NPR out something on that. Right. So, just just to let you know, so what? That's the thing with the NFT. Like, what does it do? What does it function? Exactly. That's and that's, like I understand what a comic book is for. Mm -hmm. I understand what a painting is for. I get like I understand if you buy a canvas tomorrow, right? Oh, I want to brighten up my room. I want to have a certain um atmosphere in this space. This this I can relate to this picture. NFT is like I go on my computer and I look at this painting that I I don't get I don't understand the uh, benefits of it I get the money aspect of it yeah that's fine but as an artist is that what you're after hmm. that that's as an artist is that what you after that's the question yeah because like I've seen some people who <laughs> wouldn't have expected talking about NFTs and they're all about NFTs and I, it just it's just obvious that they've had there's money to be made, and now they just popped up, and I'm like, ah, that's usually a red flag for me. I know the, I, I know genuine artists in that field, but I also know some people who the other reason they just popped up is like, oh, I saw an article, somebody bought an NFT for one million dollars, I got NFTs. But here's the crazy thing and too, right? Sure. Like a lot of people also don't know that like after a certain after you're, okay, when people buy a canvas of a certain value. I forgot, is it 5000 or 10000 As soon as your canvas is a certain um, value, you have to put insurance on it. Mm. You have to insure your pieces of art, right? So if you're buying like a piece of artwork that is like $5,000, $10,000, you have to insure that shit so that 
if it gets damaged, yeah, you can replace it. It's mm-hmm. it, it comes valuable, right? Mm-hmm. How do you do that with an NFT? Mm. Get a hacker to steal it back or what? I don't know. But you see what I'm saying, like. It's such it's it's just the wild west. It is right. I, I'm not saying like don't do an NFT, don't make one. Yeah. There's like stuff like OpenSea, and uh, you know go and check it out and and do the research. But it's just so like, how do you protect yourself as an artist as well? Hmm. Like I try to figure it out. I was like, do you put something in the code? I know like you can always go and like put your digital inscription into the file. Yeah, you know. You know, hackers do it. All these mm-hmm. uh, programmers do it. They put their signature on the work that they do. But how do you do this with an NFT as an artist? Do you care to know? Do you not know? You just want the money made from it? it there's so many questions behind it. Mm. So, like, I, I me personally, uh, I'm intrigued. If, if somebody want to buy some NFT from me for uh, a couple of thousand dollars or millions, it's fine. I, I'll take the money because yeah, right. I, then I could go and do stuff with it. I'm right. But you deserve the money too. So. Yeah, I, I, I definitely want money. I, 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 think, I think it's... And then the other thing is, is like for you to think that you, you, that, and, and, and I don't mean you, the listener. I mean like the artist yeah. are so going to be so unique in a sea of artists to sell an NFT for a price that you think it's going to be worth. You're being a little delusional. I think the people that you're watching sell NFTs right now have a name. You didn't know they had a name. Mm-hmm. They got a name. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I was watching um, this uh, older guy. It's like, oh, I've been an artist for a while. You know, nobody would buy my stuff. But now I made an NFT and I made like a million dollars. And I was like, this guy has been doing this forever. <laughs> yeah. That, is, that, um, that guy was like grinding as hard as possible. Mm-hmm. And he, you know? Yeah. But I, those example, examples like that, I, that to me, I, sometimes I want to give them a knock on the head. Like, come on, man. Don't. But I, I get it. I get the whole, because it's, it's also the best way to put it out there yeah and say like you know i made an nft and i got a million i, I think we're really a lot uh i'll, I'll say this like uh I, I can say i'm a a hustler right like like as a kid not a kid as a younger man i would say i worked for comedy clubs nightclubs i did a lot of promotions and sales um i always had to be running around and doing what i had to do right yeah. so that's just me naturally but I think we're in this era of uh, hustle culture. You, you, you know what I'm talking mm. about, right? Every Everybody want to be an entrepreneur. Everybody want to be a hustler. Yeah. You got to make it or manifest it or something like that. And again, these are not knocks about, you know, um, having that mentality. I just think, like, at the end of the day, like, for every um, person selling a course, um telling you how to manifest or create or or hustle or whatever, they're making money off of you. They've made a business off of you. Right? And they're making their money, their income is coming off of you. So that's it. I, I kind of think the same thing comes from with the NFT, right? Like the reason that the NFT is blowing up so big is those guys are making money off of NFTs, right? Is because of you. 
because they're making you think like you can do it. Yes. So now you're flooding the market, mm-hmm. right? Their stuff is going up in price because you're flooding the market yeah. with these NFTs, and they're not, they're not. Um, I, it, it, uh, I got to think a little bit more on this. Nah, nah, it's fine. Like, 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 because it's, it's such a, it's a, it's such a deep conversation. It's just like, again, I think like it's the whole hustler mentality when I think of it, right? You'll see these guys on YouTube. I got a hustle. I made a thousand dollars going this and that and doing this and that, right? But they're making money off of you watching this content. That's right. And not only that, they're making money off of you buying their courses. True. Again, there's nothing wrong with buying the courses. There's nothing wrong with learning how to hustle. Mm-hmm. But is that you? And I think that's the question that artists have to ask when they go into the NFTs. Is mm-hmm. that you? Is that if you sp- you? if you spray paint a wall, right? Right. How can you translate that into an NFT? Some people can, and some people can't. If you if you chisel if you're a, a if you're a sculptor and you chisel something how do you how do you get that to be an NFT? That's a great question there. So again, it's just it's just the um, I don't know, I don't know. I'm gonna be honest. I don't know, folks. I'm gonna keep quiet on that one. That's why we're gonna get a part two. Maybe by then, Sean will be. The king of NFTs. I'm like, hey, man, you got to oh, get on my man. NFTs and get on it now. But we're like, <laughs> I'm like, whoa, that changed. That moved quickly. Yeah. I, it's, it's one of those things. Uh, like, like nah, uh, I don't mess with you. No, no, no. I'm, I'm fine. I love this moment. But it's just a real conversation. It's just uh, like sometimes sometimes you sit down, you think about this stuff. And, and like sometimes it's, it's simple. Yeah. Don't overthink it. Just no. do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And and it's fine. It's, it's another thing at Arsenal. But like. Like I remember the first time trying to get into NFTs, I was just like, you had to had you had to download, you had to be on Twitter and you had to be on tele, um, Telegram. What is it called? Oh, Telegram. Telegram. Yeah. Right. Telegram. The texting app. Right. The texting why, app. Why you need that? Because there were NFT markets on Telegram, oh. so there were like chat rooms full of like. Well, actually, speaks to the money laundering thing though. <laughs> nah, I ain't gonna lie, that because that that's what Telegram marketed itself on that the government can't see. You know? Right. Yeah. So so you had to be on Telegram. So you went on Telegram and you had to get into a room and you had to like I remember it was like I was in a room and they were like, okay, so we do auctions every Thursday. If you want to do this, you have to do you have to send us the artwork, and then you have to we get a cut and. And I'm just like, okay. But I guess it's because it's coming more common now. Mm-hmm. Um, it might get better. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it might. It might. I don't know, man. We'll I see. Can... We'll see. But thank you for the insight into NFTs. Um, maybe one I day I'll, I'll, I'm not I'll, an expert. Do I'll not put, take my advice. <laughs> I'll put my podcast on NFT. Who knows? We'll see. Dude, just just bring ten million dollars. I ain't, ain't gonna take ten. Oh, million, dude, just but. just get a piece of paper <laughs> and just get a white get get a, a black and white brush and write <laughs> W L A and then NFT. <laughs> NFT. <that. laughs> oh man. Uh, so yeah. Final question. I sure. Ask. What would you like to leave the audience with? You've dropped a lot of gems today. So this is you freestyling, and I know. Yeah, they, there's a lot of good stuff that's already come out from you. So, and we we we're still gonna need to get you back to get more. So yeah, <laughs> just just leave the audience with. Maybe it could be from a book you've read or from one of your work of art. Oh, so. oh, um, 
Something that. Uh, they, okay. That yeah, yeah, watched, yeah. Okay, I got it. That I got it. You watched in this, uh, the seventies show again that you watched in um, mm-hmm. back in Barbados. The show from the seventies that was being played on TV. Days of Our Lives could be from Days yeah, of Our Lives. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. Uh, don't don't drink the the wine that she serves you. I don't know. Like like no, like no. those soap operas were really weird back in the days. Like people get poisoned and and it would become a who done it show or whatever. Show. Yeah. But uh, I I think uh one of the the best things that I ever heard. I'll give you two. So one is from Charles Bukowski, who was this um, German immigrant American. Like his family came from Germany and migrated to America. And he became a poet later on in life. Like he was just, he was just this like, he was a loser, like for the majority of his life. Yeah. But he, he worked at the post office, but he has this thing on his grave that says, don't try. Don't try. Yeah. Don't oh. try. And that always resonates with me because we always try to be something, right? Yeah. But if you just let it happen, it'll naturally come to you. Mm. Like you don't have to try to be that thing that you want to be. Just be it. Mm. Like it's always within you. Like I find that for myself. Like, like I always wanted to be this artist. I always wanted to do comic books. And the moment I stopped trying to do it, I did it. You know? It was just there all the time. It was naturally there. Yeah. You know, like if you're going to be a writer, write. <laughs> don't, don't try to be a writer. Like, you read in my mind? I'm, I'm, I've been delaying on writing. Okay, I'll get to writing. <laughs> yeah, but don't try. Just, just do it. Just like, do it. Yeah. Like, um, like that's, that's one I would uh, stick with. Don't try. All I right. think a lot of people sit down and try, and yeah. that's why they fail instead mm-hmm. of just doing it. And a lot of people like, and 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 you know what is the funny thing is, doing it is a part of failure, you know. One hundred percent, I like, agree with that. Like, so don't try. I think try. that's that's one that always sticks with me. That's and one um, of those beautiful. Yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, uh, choose your suffering. Hmm. Man, this guy came prepared. I that 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 sticks with me all the time. Like, you get to choose your suffering. Like everything else in life is out of your control. Mm. Who you meet, who you talk to, yeah. Like how how somebody feels about you some days, that's all out of your control. But you know you get to choose. You're suffering. Mm. Um, this is from um The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by uh Mark Manson. I think that's one of the best books any creative, just a person in the rut should read, right? So in the book, it's like you choose to suffer forward or backwards, right? So let's give an example. So you can sit down here and um, say you need a job, right? Yeah. You could choose to suffer standing still. Like, don't look for a job. Sit down at home. Do nothing. Hmm. Wait for that phone call to come that to for that new job you need, right? Yeah. Don't spend your money. Watch your bank account drain to zero. That's suffering. That's literally suffering. How many people choose that suffering every day? A lot, right? Yeah. Or you could choose to suffer forward. You can get up, go put in an application after application, go and sweep a, sweep a floor somewhere. You can go and do 
all those things. You could spend all that, the same money that you're worried about getting drained. You could take that money and buy a Metro card, watch it get drained that way. Mm. Right? Yeah. So you get to choose your suffering. Mm. And I, I think that's a, a thing like, um, I think it's very American. You get to choose your suffering. So like, I always think about that all the time. Sometimes I wake up today, like even today, sorry, sometimes I wake up today. <laughs> uh, I was like, today, like, you know, I chose my suffering. You know, like I got up, I got on the train, I put on a mask, I walked over here and I sat down and did this podcast. Or I could be suffering at home, not doing anything at all mm. and not having a good conversation. And, and uh, you know, I could be in my own head tra- trap right now thinking of what to do next. Wow. So, so choose. Choose. Choose your suffering. Thank yeah. you for those. Yeah. Thank you for both of them. I, yeah, I cherish both of them. These are going into my quotations document. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love both. And I'll check out Mark Manson's book too. Yeah, it's a great yeah. book. I like that. The Choose Your Suffering. And um, yeah, that uh, that's also how I learned about Charles Bukowski too. He's oh, like he's okay. like in the first chapter of the book. Oh, all right. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. so two in one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I recommend that book highly. Like, All right. So, Ken, thank you enough for coming on the show. Um, Sir, the thank people you. Of Gambia, the Gambia will say, man, uh, Barang, in my language, right. the hijab from southern, um, south, southern Nigeria will say Umbana. So, um, uh, you use Swahili, Asante Sana, which is much more popular. But in all, we say thank you. Dankeschön. Danke. Yeah. yeah. And um, how can the audience get in touch with you and appreciate your work? And um, yeah, or if they want to go with Tokyo, both of them, give us a plug-in. So um, first of all, let me just say thank you to the host. He did a great job, great questions, good conversations. I had fun. Uh, Shout out to the crew here. Uh, Can I shout out Walter? Of course, of course. Yeah, Walter, doing a great job. Yeah, yeah, doing a great job. (laughs) Getting me, like, like. This guy's been on point with the water. I've, I've not been thirsty the whole <laughs> show. So uh, th- thank you so much for having me here. Uh, you can f- check us out on uh, Tokyo Bronx ACG on Instagram and on YouTube. Right now we're uploading last last year's content. Um, you know, it's been a little bit of a rough year, but we're just putting out the videos and interviews that we did last year. Um, go and check those out. Um, check out our events that we have coming up. We have a couple of uh, comic book shows and like we do also like uh, Bronx cosplay. We do a whole bunch of stuff there. So if you're into any of those like interests like comic books, manga, anime, dressing up, cosplaying, you should come and check us out there at Tokyo Bronx. Uh, For me personally, it's uh, U-Blinked, U-B-L-I-N-C Ding, D, oh, Ding, (laughs) D uh, on Instagram. you can check out my artwork there. You can reach out to me for some artwork if you like. I do digital illustration. I also do a bit of graffiti, custom work. I do do a lot of stuff. Um, or just for more great conversations or if you have questions, yeah. feel free to reach out to me on uh, Instagram. Um, yeah, that's how you can find us right now. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So being reach out, keep in touch, keep the love coming in, and I'll see you all at the next episode. Thank you for the privilege of your company. That's a wrap. Yeah, thank you. Akuna Matata. All right, there you go. <laughs> Thanks for listening to White Label American. If you enjoyed the show, we'll appreciate if you rate, review, 
and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. If you have any questions, comments, or have someone who will be a good guest on the show, or you want to be on the show, send us a message at whitelabelamerican at gmail.com. And make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at White Label American. Thank you for your support.